guys, my name is Hal Fish, not related to Mark Fish, and quite often I help produce the On The Whistle podcast episodes, but this week Zane has given me the reins. The reason being, well, I grew up in a small town in New Zealand called Nelson, and we mostly produce rugby players, but there is one footballer whose talent took him out of New Zealand and all the way to South Africa. I'm talking about Jeremy Brockie, who won trophies with both the Mamelodi Sundowns and Supersport United. So I hope you enjoy this episode where we find out a little bit more about the Kiwi footballer who spent some great years in South Africa. Hello, Jeremy Brocky. Uh, thank you for being here, joining me all the way from Australia. First of all, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. So let's take this all the way back to 2009, uh, the Confederations Cup. Is that your first experience of South Africa? Yeah, it was. Um, we did a, a couple of little trips before we um, got to South Africa. I think we went via Tanzania and, and Botswana. But um, yeah, it was a, an eye-opening experience, the, the Confederations Cup. Um, the whole build-up was a little bit all over the place. Um, I remember we played Italy in a, in a friendly game just before the competition started. Um, and the night before training, we went, we went to train. Uh, the night before the game, sorry, we went to train and... Um, we turned up to the training pitch and there was no lights there. And we jumped back on the bus and literally just went to a park in the middle of nowhere. There was one, one, one light. Plus, we used the bus's lights and uh, had a little, had a little training session before playing Italy the next day. Oh wow, wow! And then I guess that was kind of like the dress rehearsal because a year later you were in South Africa again, but this time for the World Cup. People might not remember, but New Zealand were the only team to actually be unbeaten for that tournament. How did, how did that compare? How was that experience? Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, it, was, it was touch and go uh, for me being able to, to, to make, make the final squad for New Zealand. I picked up a, an injury um, late in January. I broke my leg and um, I was sort of racing against the clock to, to be fit enough to be selected in the squad. And uh, I think I made it by, by a week or so, which was awesome. Um, New Zealand only being to, to two World Cups to be, to be one of a very few um, it's a very special, and uh, oh, the the whole World Cup setup over in over in South Africa was was amazing. Um, just the whole atmosphere they put on a, a great show, um, typical um, African flair and dancing and, and yeah. singing. And it was more than more than just the football, and it was a, an unreal experience and and, and something that um, definitely a career highlight. Yeah, from both of those tournaments, is there a particular moment that sticks out in your memory? Um, uh, look, I think um, just just being able to, to take part in, in a World Cup um, when you, when you grow up in New Zealand, um, you don't get many opportunities to to represent your country at the biggest um, tournament in the world, and to to make my debut against Paraguay come on. Um, in, the, in the third game for the last 20, 25 minutes, it was um, just yeah, a whole lot of emotions, adrenaline. Uh, I don't normally get nervous before games, but uh, I was certainly nervous um, going going onto the pitch there, and uh, that was definitely yeah the highlight of of the whole experience. Yeah, I mean, like football fans like me, I can only imagine what that must be like to play in a World Cup. It must be incredible. Yeah, it was it was real special, and, and my my dad had travelled over from New Zealand as well, obviously. Um, with, the, with the New Zealand supporter crew over there. And, and to finish the tournament unbeaten, obviously we would have, would have, would have liked to go um, a little bit deeper into the tournament as, as every team did. 
that was but um, to finish the, the tournament unbeaten was uh, a pretty special moment for not only our, our squad but for the whole of New Zealand. Yeah, definitely. I remember being in New Zealand and that was a real magical sort of moment. So fast forward to 2014, you're with Wellington Phoenix, um, then you join Supersport United and this is a path, you know, New Zealand to South Africa that might be for a rugby player but not a footballer, not from Nelson. How did that come about? Yeah, look, um, opportunities were, were drying up a little bit at the Phoenix. Um, game time was a little, little bit limited um, due to just the style of play um, type of thing. And, and I was looking for a new opportunity. I've been in Wellington for two and a half years. Uh, there were a couple of options on the table and, and there was uh, Supersport became interested and it was uh, sort of a random phone call out of the blue and uh, was sort of like, oh, South Africa, I've been there before. And I had to, do, I, to be honest, I had to do a little bit of research about the club and, and the league and um, because if you haven't spent much time in, in South Africa, um, it's, it's from from outside the country, it's portrayed as quite a, a dangerous country and scary country, and that's how the media reports it. And so we, we obviously had our um, worries going into it, um, like like our family members and and everyone else close to us. But we decided to, to take the leap, and um, it was an unbelievable experience from the from the time we arrived um, right through to, to leaving um, a year and a bit ago. It was um, the footballing side was brilliant. The family loved it. It was it's an amazing country for the kids to be able to go on safaris and see see the wildlife and, and all those types of things. We just had, yeah, an unbelievable five and a half years. And uh, we're, we're sad to leave, actually. So um, that's that's how much the, the country grew on us and uh, made lifelong friends over there. And hopefully once this COVID situation sorts itself out, we can we can get back over there and, and, and visit and... And um, see all of our friends again and, and say a proper goodbye. My wife and kids left pretty quickly uh, before the lockdown kicked in in South Africa, which was disappointing not to, to um, see everyone off. Yeah, yeah. And going back then to that, the, that first time you were over there, purely footballing, what was the experience like? Because you played in the A-League at that point. Um, you played in the MLS, right, at that stage as well? Yeah. yeah. So what was the, the, the football like? Yeah, it's, you you mentioned it a little bit earlier. It's not normally um, football players are going from yeah. New Zealand, Australia slash to to South Africa. And I remember in the first press conference, the the journalists were sort of saying, like, do they even play soccer in New Zealand? Or <laughs> 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 play football in New Zealand? We we used to seeing the All Blacks and watching the Haka, and so yeah. they were obviously. Um, very skeptical of of a Kiwi footballer coming over to sort of try their apply their trade and, and, and their footballing world and even the, the the coach of the club that I went to he said oh look a lot of foreigners they take a long time to settle into South African football so I'm going to have to sort of like slowly ease your way in and but um, I guess I was a bit of an exception and, and hit the ground running um, the footballing football over there it's a little bit different to what I'm used to but I think it suited me in a way um, very attacking Mm. Uh, very end-to-end and, and open, which allows plenty of opportunities to score goals. So uh, I, I enjoyed that part of it. And um, I, I also enjoyed the, the whole culture in South Africa that, that comes with the football as well, the, the singing in the changing room and, and the dancing and the celebrations and, and all that. Um, 
even though that didn't improve over the five and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about the culture. I mean, at any point, did you ever have any uh, spiritual healer or somebody like that take part in, in, take part in any pre-game rituals, anything that, that you remember? Uh, it, it is very big um, throughout the league. Uh, but fortunately for me, um, I only heard stories of, of what happened at, happens at other clubs. I was at three clubs that sort of didn't believe in the, the mooty that they call it. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I had a few mates at other clubs that were having to, to jump in um, blood baths and hotel rooms and dirty rivers before, <laughs> um, before season starting and, and all those types of crazy little out there things. I think some of the clubs used to throw stuff on the pitches and, <laughs> and stuff before games that, that, that I was all, I was witnessing, but um, uh, yeah, fortunately for enough, enough for me, um, we never had, had any of those experiences in our change room. Yeah. It sounds like you were glad to avoid some of those rituals. Yeah. I, I actually remember one of the away games we went to as well um, in the middle of nowhere, black leopards. Um, we went out, went to go out for the warm up and, we had to walk past their change room and like there was just all this like smoke and smell and that like coming out of the the little holes in the windows and the gaps underneath the doors so uh, oh, it probably would have been nice to experience it uh, but not not in a not on a full-time occasion I don't think so sure, yeah. I found myself a little bit lucky <laughs> Yeah, and in, in sticking up with the culture, was there anything where, where it was quite a, a culture shock for you, you know, coming from New Zealand? Um, look, I, I went to South Africa with not knowing what to expect, but also wanted to, to try and integrate myself into the, the, the culture and, and the club uh, very quickly. And um, like I mentioned before, the, the dancing and the singing in the change rooms is, is massive over there in South Africa. Um, it happens before games and, and, and after games and then you obviously celebrate. Um, I've seen some famous ones um, throughout the World Cup years. and um, It's a little bit out of my comfort zone doing, doing those types of things, but um, I think the boys just appreciated me giving it a go. <laughs> I was never in rhythm or <laughs> half the words to the songs, but if you can just stamp your foot in the background and, and clap along and, and every now and then um, get involved with a couple of the little phrases or, or, or try and sing or hum along. Um, I think that's sort of what um, connected myself and my teammates so quickly. They appreciated that I was trying and, and I was enjoying it at the same time as much as it was, like I said, out of my comfort zone. Yeah, that's cool. And then leaving South Africa, have you ever wanted to take any of those aspects or do you take any of those aspects with you to your new clubs or anything like uh, that? That's something that's not really like, doesn't really happen on, on this side of, of the world, which is like now that I've been there and experienced it, um, like it, it's quite a good way to get yourself up for, for the game. Like sometimes you can be in the change room before games and, and everyone's quiet and like in the zone and, um, Everyone's each themselves up with the headphones in, but to to be able to um, everyone would sort of take the headphones off and sing for five six minutes before going out, you, you sort of start bouncing around, and, and by the time you go out for the warm up, you're already like ready to roll. And um, I, I, I would imagine that if I tried to do that, <laughs> do something like that over here, people would sort of laugh and wouldn't join in with me, which is which is uh, understandable. But um, to be able to be there and experience it. Uh, I was there with a couple of other Kiwis and, and Australians throughout my time too, and 
and they all jumped on board and, and I'm sure they'd say the same things about and about it and how much they enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like it would be pretty good for team spirit and um, you must have had good team spirit because you were quite successful over there winning cups and league titles. Is there one win or one moment that sticks out in your mind as a particular highlight from your league career in South Africa? Yeah, I, th- I think I'll probably have to go um, throughout, throughout your career. You always want to want to win trophies um, at clubs that you've been at. And, and my first um, trophy that I lifted was with Supersport United, um, the Nedbank Cup against Orlando Pirates. Um, massive club, obviously, in Africa. Um, I think the stadium was probably... 50,000 in the stadium and there was probably 49,910 Pirates fans and then 90, 90 of our super sport faithful that would turn up to every game. And um, I remember we, uh, we conceded early and then uh, the, the, obviously the crowd got, got rowdy and then we hit them back with three goals in the first half and ended up winning the game 3-2 to, to lift my first trophy as a professional player, which was pretty special. And... And then I went on to um, lift a couple more throughout my, my five years there, I think. But I think I value that over, over most of the other trophies that I won. So that was definitely a moment that stuck out. What about, was there any uh, heartbreaking moments, something which you look back and you, you wish you could just change? Yeah. Um, again, when I was with Supersport United, we made it to the CAF Confederation Cup final um, against the powerhouse TP Mazembe. Um, we, we actually played them in the group game. We had them in our group as well. Um, we we drew, drew both games against them in the group and, and then we went away. We lost 2-1 and got that away goal and we were quite confident going back home um, to, to try and get a result. Obviously, you're only looking for that one goal. Um, but it just never, never, never quite came, no. I think. Um, it was, they, they sort of just came, shut up shop. Uh, we tried to knock the wall down but um, they've, they've got a fantastic record um, in African competitions and I think just their experience probably won that over at the end um, but yeah that's probably the most heartbreaking moment uh, yeah. in my time at the, at the club and, and throughout my South African time Yeah and then coming back to present day you're over in Australia again now what are your plans for the next few years? Yeah look um, I I had options to, to stay in South Africa, um, but my family, my wife and kids, they, we, we made the decision when COVID hit, when lockdown was close to, to coming, uh, we, we brought them back to, to Australia where we thought um, was a little bit more under control and um, a little bit more safer environment for, for a pandemic, which um, turned out to be the, the right decision in the end. And I came back and um, obviously there was no football being played at the time and the longer the time went on, the sort of um, my hopes of being able to secure another professional contract were, were, were starting to, to fade away a little bit, uh, which was disappointing because I, I was only 32 at the time and still felt I had a couple more good years in me. But um, that happens with, with, I'm not the only one um, in this situation. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm playing in the, the state league here in Australia um, with, with, a, with a successful club and so you, you never know if we ever have a good season if I can get back to scoring goals uh, maybe another A-league opportunity might pop up along the way but um, all I can really control now is is just trying to score goals win football games for my club and, and see if anything else comes from it um, 
and hopefully it does. And but if it doesn't, I can look back um, knowing that I've had a really good career and um, some really special highlights throughout it. So um, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, it's been a top career with some real great moments across it. Um, and it, yeah, in the next few years, if the opportunity to arose to go back to South Africa as a player or even a coach at some point, would that, would that be something you would consider? Yeah, look, um, we really enjoyed it. Like I touched on, we really enjoyed um, our whole South African experience. Um, the the way, the lifestyle that we lived, the friends that we made, um, the relationships that I built through football. Um, I, I made a bit of a name for myself and still keep in touch with, with um, clubs and players and and um, keep, a, keep a close eye on the league there too. Um, so, yeah, if something popped up, then um, it would definitely be of interest. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching Mamelodi Sundowns versus Al Akli um, coming up. Obviously, one of my previous clubs versus Pizzo, who's, who's at Ali, Al Akli now. So um, that should be, should be a cracker and uh, looking forward to seeing the outcome of that one. Look, whatever happens, good luck in the future. And thank you for joining me today and us on the podcast. It's been great to talk to you. Cheers, thanks for having me and uh, all the best. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's On The Whistle podcast with me speaking to Jeremy Brocky, the Kiwi legend. Remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at OTW underscore podcast. Cheers. Thank <laughs> you.